stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So for now, for the time being, for the next 12 days, if a police officer is going to ask you to blow into a breathalyzer, they need to have some reasonable suspicion that you've been consuming alcohol. After December 18th, however, they will not need that suspicion. Uh, The legislation that was passed by the liberal government comes into effect December 18th. And after that day, it will allow police to demand a breath sample from any driver they stop. Whether or not there's any reason at all to believe that person has been drinking. That if they want, they can demand anybody blow into a breathalyzer. Here's a little bit more on how Calgary police are preparing for this change uh, from Global Calgary's Blake Law. Have you had any alcohol or drugs this evening? I don't drink. You don't drink? You don't do drugs. Those are good answers. Have a safe night. With the holidays around the corner, Calgary police are ramping up check stop operations. Hi there. Calgary police check stop tonight. How are you? It's a way to keep the roads safe from impaired drivers. If police smell alcohol on a driver's breath or hear a driver slurring their words, they can demand a breath sample. We need to have reasonable suspicion or admission that alcohol has been consumed. But that rule is set to change. Well, police running these check stops will have new authorities come December 18th. Bill C-46 will give officers the power to demand mandatory breath samples from any driver lawfully stopped, not just if they suspect the driver had been drinking. That frankly is a game changer. Similar mandatory alcohol screening rules have been adopted in more than 40 countries, according to the federal government. The feds estimate that currently up to 50% of drivers above the legal limit are passing detection at check stops. People have come to realize that they could buff their way through those spot checks if they simply deny having consumed alcohol or if they disguise their breath. So when the law comes into effect on the 18th, Calgary police say prepare to blow, even if you're completely sober. Is the idea for every car that comes through to provide a preliminary breath sample every car that comes through? That is the goal, yes. With Bill C-46 coming into place, we will be able to request a sample lawfully from everyone coming through check stop, no matter what. The feds expect the strict new law to be challenged, but believe it doesn't violate the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But no matter what law is in place, the message from local police is clear. Please be careful and please be safe and have a good holiday season. Blake Law, Global News. Well, it seems all all but certain that this will be challenged. I mean, Section 8 of the Charter is pretty clear that everyone has the right to be secure against unreasonable search or seizure. Does blowing into a breathalyzer constitute a search? Could a police officer just randomly stomp you on the street and demand to, to search your backpack? Is this comparable at all? I wanted to get some uh, some legal analysis uh, of this question. Very pleased uh, to be joined to the pro- uh, on the program today by Kyla Lee, uh, criminal defense attorney based in Vancouver with Acumen Law. Kyla, great to have you with us. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me back. All right. So w- w- talk about how significant of a change this is come December 18th from your perspective. This is a huge, unprecedented change to our impaired driving laws. We have never in this country seen uh, the police be given carte blanche to conduct a search of somebody's body, for example, um, in in any cases ever in our legal system. And, and in your view, that's what this constitutes? 
Absolutely. The Supreme Court of Canada has already ruled on numerous occasions that a, uh, a roadside breath test is a bodily search, and there are significant, um, significant privacy concerns with collecting the breath sample. Well, how, but I mean, you know, defenders of this will say we, we already have breathalyzers. The police, if they uh, suspect someone has been drinking uh, and they stop them uh, at a check stop or, or otherwise stop them, uh, that they can deploy that. that. That this, though, in your view, is, is significantly different enough that the courts will take a different view, do you think? Absolutely. The Supreme Court of Canada has already ruled that the roadside testing provisions that exist now with the reasonable suspicion requirement violate the Constitution because they only uh, only require a reasonable suspicion before the search is conducted. But because of the reasonable suspicion requirement, some legal standard the police have to meet, plus the fact that the results can't be used against you in court, um, that it is saved under Section 1 of the Charter, which essentially permits the government to pass law if there's justification for it, um, and if there are some checks and balances in place. But now that's being completely eliminated um, by this change. And if the court has already determined that it's unconstitutional and you take away the things that save it from constitutional invalidity, then necessarily it's going to be found constitutionally invalid. Is this primarily a Section 8 issue? Or does Section 9 come into play? Everyone has the right not to be arbitrarily detained or imprisoned. If a driver has been pulled over, an officer decides uh, that they're going to deploy a, a breathalyzer, does it become arbitrary detention at some point? It does, because the person is required to stay there, required to remain with the police officer for the purposes of providing the sample, and the criminal code authorizes the police officer to require a person to accompany them for the purposes of providing the sample so they can take them from somewhere else to another location in order to have the testing conducted. It also engages your Section 10B right to counsel because you don't have the right to contact a lawyer prior to providing a sample, um, and that has also been found to be a violation, which again is saved for the same reasons I've already outlined. There was also an interesting case involving a former Edmonton MP, Peter Goldring, uh, who was charged with refusing to blow. He argued, though, that uh, he was prepared to blow, but, but he had some questions he wanted to ask of the officer first. Do we have any more clarity on you know, what, what someone is, is permitted to do or questions they're allowed to ask once an officer has demanded they provide a breath sample? We do have clarity, but the clarity is not very favorable to people who are, are curious about their rights and obligations at the roadside. Essentially, your obligation upon being asked to provide the breath sample is to immediately comply with the demand. You don't have the right to engage the officer in questioning as to why they're doing this or what's going to happen with the results of the test. And the police have no legal obligation to provide you with any legal information or legal advice other than that you're required to blow. And so once they conclude that you are refusing, they can charge you with a crime at that point. Yes, it is a criminal offense to refuse to blow or to fail to provide a sample. So you don't need to outright say, I'm not going to blow. They can interpret actions or questioning or as delay tactics that are designed to obfuscate the demand. And so even if you pretend to blow, you can still be charged with refusal. And this, this change in the law is only going to lead to a huge increase in the number of people facing criminal convictions for refusal. Because the natural human reaction we have, especially in Canada, a place where we have all of these charter rights, is to say, wait a minute, you don't have the right to ask me to do that. I haven't admitted drinking. I haven't been drinking. And we're going to see innocent people who haven't touched a drop of alcohol being charged with refusal because of a natural reaction to a demand. 
Right. I, yeah, I don't think people maybe fully understand this change that's coming. And I think a lot of people are going to be caught off guard if somebody's driving, you know, they drop their kids off at school, they're on their way to work, and all of a sudden they're, they're pulled over, a police officer's asking them to blow. Their initial reaction is going to be, what, what is this all about? Why are you demanding I blow into a breathalyzer? There's no reason at all to think I, I've been drinking. Well, exactly. And the entire motoring public in this country has understood the law up until now to be that the police have to have some type of uh, some type of grounds before they can ask you to blow. So for people who've been driving for 30 years, as long as these, these devices have been around, or longer than that, actually, but, you know, 30, 35 years, this is changing everything for them that they know um, and the law that they know and the law that they've known for all of that time. And, and the police aren't uh, required to inform them of the change in the law or let them get legal advice so they understand their obligations before charging them with refusal. Now, here in Alberta, we call them check stops. I think other provinces have different terms that they use, but uh, essentially where police are set up on a street, they're stopping vehicles or randomly stopping vehicles. Is it realistic even to think that the police are going to be asking everyone who passes through one of these to blow into a device? It is. We see this in Australia where they have had random breath testing. They don't have an equivalent to our charter, so they get to do things like that in Australia. And um, they will set up check stops and just anybody passing through has to blow. They also ran into problems with it in Australia, though, because they imposed quotas on police officers for how many times they had to blow um, and how many breath samples they had to collect in a certain time period. And so police officers were faking breath samples to try and meet their quotas. By the way, now, aside from a a check stop, this would apply in any circumstance in which uh, a police officer has pulled over a driver. Can a police officer stop a driver for no reason at all? Essentially, yes. I mean, no reason at all, no. But police have a wide latitude to conduct traffic stops. Every province and every territory uh, across the country has legislation that says that police can conduct traffic stops at random to check for sobriety, licensing, fitness to drive, and insurance. So anybody can be stopped, and all the police officer has to say is, I'm stopping you to check your sobriety, blow. Even if there was no reason to believe. Even if there was no reason to believe they did anything wrong, even if you you were driving perfectly normally, you were going exactly the speed limit, you signaled your turns, you executed your turns properly, it doesn't matter. They can stop you to check your sobriety. Um, And the problem is that that opens this up for abuse. Because the police have this huge authority to conduct these traffic stops, um, they're able to use the, the sort of guise of that authority to target individuals who are already vulnerable vis-a-vis the police. So we're going to see um, huge concerns about how these powers are used um, by police in marginalized communities, in areas of poverty, in areas where there is a high population of people of color, in indigenous communities. And I think it's going to, to open up those people to more negative impacts by the police. So technically, police uh, are not allowed to racially profile or uh, to profile people of a certain age or in a certain neighborhood or driving a certain kind of vehicle. But this latitude that, that exists essentially allows them to. Essentially, and in order to make an allegation of racial profiling or racial bias in court and to be successful about that, you have to show some evidence that you were subject to bias. So you either need to get that out of the police officer on cross-examination or have some evidence to show the officer's state of mind at the time of the traffic stop. And that's a very high standard for people to meet, particularly when you consider that racialized individuals are often able to access fewer legal resources. They've done studies that Indigenous Canadians 
Canadians spend less time with their lawyers preparing for trial, um, and that they have fewer access opportunities for legal counsel compared to non-Indigenous populations. You know, the, the question of it almost comes down to me, though, does you know the ends justify the means? Defenders of this point to the fact that impaired driving is and continues to be a problem. And, and that's true. It is. But is it enough to say it's a problem, therefore this kind of approach is, is justified? What, what do you say in response to that? I don't think that this kind of response is justified at all. It's not very difficult for the police to form a reasonable suspicion. All they have to smell is alcohol on somebody's breath or get an admission that the person's consumed alcohol. In my experience, most people tend to admit drinking if they've been drinking. And uh, and it's very difficult to disguise the smell of liquor on your breath, particularly because the police have latitude in asking you to do things like spit out mints or candies or cough drops. They are permitted to ask you to blow into their faces so they can get a better uh, a better smell of your breath. They have the investigative tools necessary to form a reasonable suspicion. It's not hard for them to do that. All right. Much more at uh, IRPlawyer.com. Kyle, always appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Uh, That is Kyle Ali, Vancouver criminal defense attorney based in Vancouver with Acumen Law. Uh, Her website again, IRPlawyer.com. So her thoughts on the problems with this legislation, the likelihood that it's going to be challenged in court. She thinks the conditions are favorable to this being overturned at some point. The Supreme Court has uh, kind of reluctantly uh, approved of check stops and the current regime of applying breathalyzers when there's reasonable suspicion. In other words, the court recognizes that that's still problematic. It would be difficult, you know, for a, to have to get a warrant or something like that before asking somebody to blow. So reasonable suspicion is kind of the compromise. And does this go beyond those parameters that the Supreme Court has laid down? It's going to be really interesting to see. And I think it's inevitable that this question is going to be asked. This is essentially a random search. This is really no different than saying, you know, fentanyl is a problem, so we're just randomly going to search people's backpacks. Well, I don't know. Does the ends really justify the means? And does it here? Sure, if you haven't been drinking, you've got nothing to worry about. I mean, in theory, assuming there's no problem with the device or anything like that. But I think it is going to come as a shock to people. Probably most of us have never been asked to blow. And you wouldn't expect to, you know, if you're just off work, you're driving home. Oh, well, there's a check stop. Well, all right. I didn't get way through this time. The officer is going to chat with me. It's pretty obvious that uh, I just got off work. I'm going home. There's no reason to think I've been drinking. But now they don't even really have to ask those questions. They stop you, please blow. And I think people are going to be a little bit shocked by that. It is quite a dramatic change. December 18th, when the new law takes effect. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.